Hands off parenting. It's just hands off parenting. Put that down, don't touch that, stop it. Where's the line? Yeah, and I'm going to start recording us right now. Okay, well, welcome to Hands Off Parents. I'm Abby. I'm Steph. And we are super excited today. For one, we have this crazy technology. That's why I'm excited, because I'm a nerd. But for two, we have a very special guest with us on the show. Um, And her name is Sarah Hayes Coomer. And she is a author, uh, a nutritionist, a... um, What did you describe yourself as? Sort of like a lazy... Lazy personal trainer. Personal trainer, a diet (laughs) abolitionist, which I... (laughs) I love that. that. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I will start this with like an anecdote. (laughs) This morning, Levi, my one son, like, I'm like, do you want breakfast? I made eggs and I've been like trying to like shovel these like flaxseed blueberry muffins down their throats because I'm trying to get them to eat something good and he looks at me like straight face no lie he's like uh no mac and cheese (laughs) (laughs) I was like it's seven in the morning now this is called a problem I love that guy (laughs) so we're excited to have Sarah on the show because Steph and I are constantly talking about how we get our kid like what what do you what do people feed their children that is not from a box. Well, or like in my case with Iris, she will only eat pasta. Like that's it. That's it. That's what, that's all she will eat. And like, I don't blame her. I love pasta too. It tastes really good, but I would like to make her healthier. And I know that like car, a white pasta is not really doing her any justice. No. So maybe Sarah can speak to this because you are also not only – a uh, have this whole diet thing going on, but you are also a parent, correct? Yes, I have a son, I have a four-year-old son. So I've been down this road <laughs> for a couple of years, um, and I, I think you know the thing with the um, the the pasta. First of all, is that there really are options now that are we can kind of trick them with stuff like that. There's this red lentil pasta that's come out recently that's. You know, it's it's a little more intense. So if you, I mean, more solid. So you have to cook it a little bit longer to make it more palatable to them. But it's really good, and it doesn't. It's not like green or red, or it's not going to alert them that there's something wrong. <laughs> it looks like regular old pasta. Yes, definitely. you know, I saw this. I think I saw this when I was at Whole Foods. I saw it, and I thought, I, I bet she would know. She would know. She would be psychic, and she wouldn't eat it. But but I'm glad that you're telling me it tastes the same. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say the same, but it's, I mean, to, to kids, like, it's not like a, my son also happens at this point, just because I've been feeding him all these various bizarre kinds of pasta all the way along. There's also this black bean pasta at Trader Joe's that's, like, way cheaper than the than the lentil pasta at, at Whole Paycheck. But it's totally black. At Whole Paycheck. Yes. My, my <laughs> no. son's favorite color is black. Oh, <laughs> So he doesn't, he doesn't mind it, but, um, but yeah, so, but the, but the, the red lentil one is really, it's super high fiber, high protein, and they can eat as much of it as they want. Cool. And 
you say like it takes a little bit longer to cook, but for people who are like boiling water, I can do sometimes. <laughs> I I mean I've tried like brown rice pasta and it's o- always a nightmare. Yeah, well that um, stuff is sticky. It's hard, right? Okay, it's not just me because I feel like I've tried to venture down like alt pasta route <laughs> and it never. No, the bean pastas hold their shape a little more. That 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 rice pasta. First of all, it's not that much better for you anyway. Um, and then it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't hold up. I've seen also, Sarah. I've seen and and I've bought the like spinach or like there's some vegetable infused pastas. Yeah. Uh, that that do I think taste really good. Um but do you think that those are is that just marketing or is that real talk? Is there real vegetables? Well, I mean there's just there's a minuscule amount of of vegetables in there. So, you know, if we're like desperately trying to get whatever we can into their bodies, then, you know, it certainly can't hurt. But um I, I don't think that they they don't have a lot more fiber or protein like like some of these other ones. Right. Okay. I'm with you. I buy those all the time. So I'm like, it's red and green. Yeah. <laughs> it must be good for you. It must be good for you. <laughs> so um, you went through some of this and like so tell us a little bit about your book that just came out and, and how we might use it as parents. Um Yeah, well I mean the 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 premise of the book is that there's essentially a, there's really a radical difference between trying to uh, beat our bodies into submission and trying to bring them to life. So the idea for both us as parents and then what we're trying to teach our kids as well is to try to find this place where pleasure and wellness merge and start from there. So whatever that means, like you mentioned, worrying about giving them something that's not in a box or a package. And, you know, to some degree, that's a reasonable thing to worry about. Um, I have not been hugely successful at getting fresh fruits and vegetables into my son. <laughs> that happens, you know, it, over time now he's he's almost five and he's, he's definitely uh, expanding a little bit. But I think the most important thing is to remove the guilt around all of this stuff um, both in our own diets and in what we're able to feed to our kids. So like I get him, you know, organic fruit leather and that's one of his fruits that he gets every day in his lunchbox. And I feel good about it. It's a processed fruit and it doesn't have the, the, you know, the water and the fiber that I might like, but it's still much better for him than just eating like a chewy vitamin or something like that. Right. Right. So I just think it's really, really important to say, okay, if all they want is out of a box, then what is the healthiest version that I can pass over to them? And you guys are really dealing with toddlers. So you're in a phase where you can, they, they can, you can get their palates used to that kind of thing and they still think they're getting a treat. So I try to, I want to know how to do that, Sarah. I want to know. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Because I, I, like, I feel like it's forcing, right? Like you, sometimes I we open the mouth and like shove it in. We're like, you will like, like the other day we tried to force one of them to eat um, cookie butter from Trader Joe's. Like yeah. that doesn't even make sense. It's illogical. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want? So like a broccoli is like not right. Yeah, no, and I wouldn't worry about that too much. I also talk a lot to him about like how much I love like all my favorite 
fruits and vegetables. Like I talk about them like an orgasm. Like I'm like, this is so amazing. It's the best thing in the world. I'm so excited. You are nuts. You are crazy for not wanting to try this. And I do that over the course of six months with one food. And then eventually he's like, well, you know, and then I'll ask him, you know, do you want to try it? And he'll be like, yeah, okay. He'll sort of, you know, give in, but it takes a while. And it just, it's, it's, I think about modeling at that point. Yeah. So, but also another thing I do with him that, um, some people have found really helpful is that when we get ready for bed in the nighttime routine every night, he, uh, gets a little bowl with two different kinds of crunchy treats of whatever crackers or, you know, organic Cheez-Its or whatever he might want. And I give him, um, two of those little vitamins and I give him four gummy bears. And I choose the ones that don't have the fake coloring, you know, number nine or whatever in it. Um, and it becomes part of, A, it's tied to books, which I love. It's a treat moment for him, and it's after dinner, and he knows it's coming every day. And it gives him a little – he doesn't ask for that kind of stuff during the day because he knows that it's coming at the end of the night. So we build in the treats so that there's sort of – there's not this kind of, you can't have it, you're not supposed to have it, no, fine, fine, well, you know, and then giving in to them. So it's like you're going to have it. You're just going to have it at 7 o'clock with your books. So I you, love that. Yeah, that's really smart. I I, I want to ask, like, okay, and, and I'm going to out myself here. <laughs> I am like the worst parent. I mean, I feel like <laughs> the, like battle picking. I mean, we talk about this a lot, but like I really will let her have whatever she wants. It, it it's, it's, it's I just want to like come clean. I want to just say it out loud. Um, you know, like sh- if she asks me for a lollipop or a popsicle and I say no, and then she starts screaming and acting insane, I'm going to give it to her. And I know that is so fucked up and like exactly the wrong thing to do. Um, but I don't know. It's like in that moment, I'm like, I can fix this. I can make yeah. it stop. And you know, I want to make it stop. And you know, if I give her the thing she wants, she's extremely persuasive she will stop. So how do I, how do I be a better parent, Sarah? Just tell me how to do that. <laughs> well, I'm across the board. I'm in the terrible parent you know, bandwagon as well. So I'm not sure I can answer that, but I can say that when my son does that, or when he did that over the years, I, I say to him, I don't respond to that. (laughs) And then I just basically turn, like, kind of ignore him and turn my back. And I don't know if that's the wrong thing to do, but it's like throw your fit. And when you calm down, if you want to ask me nicely for it, then maybe I'll give it to you. And then as he's now getting sort of past that toddler stuff, now he's just kind of, and every once in a while now this still happens. And he just like, he did this the other day and it was a full on 20 minute on the floor, face on the ground, pounding the fists fit. And I was just like, no, you know, and I went out on the porch and had a glass of wine. That sounds like my favorite approach to everything. <laughs> but then, you know, he calmed down and he came out and he got, you know, what he wanted because he, you know, finally came and came to me in a calm and peaceful way. Now that is easier. His brain has developed to a point with his age that, you know, it's, it's harder when they're two, you know, it's just, they don't, they don't have the mental capacity to fully understand that, but it just became like, I'm just not going to respond to that. Mm-hmm. Try another tactic. <laughs> right. 
So do you worry though, Stephanie, I asked you this because I feel like I worry it too. And I hope Sarah can maybe solve this problem for us. Like, I feel like I use food often as like, it's a treat. And so it's a reward and it's something special, but like, is that, is that a bad approach to handling food and understanding food? I feel like that was used with me and I had the most screwed up food relationship of people well, that I know. Food, I mean, food is pleasure. Food should be pleasure. You know, it's about bonding and community and, you know, it's, it's a good thing and it shouldn't be, I think it's fine to use it in that way, but you didn't just have that. I listened to your episode about body image stuff and you were saying that your mom was always on a diet mm-hmm. and so you had, you had alternate model. You had this kind of like food is amazing and also you're not allowed to have it. Right. And we need to limit ourselves and deprive ourselves every opportunity we get. And that's where that kind of pattern starts to build in. And then they, you start to get into sort of puberty and your body starts to strengthen and thicken and get ready for adulthood. And we see that as kids as a horrifying thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's important to, to kind of... Um, to, to to allow that pleasure in really healthy ways. Right. Not necessarily healthy food, because that can mean, you know, really unhealthy food <laughs> once a week. Like, this is how we do. On Sundays, we get pizza, and you get whatever you want on it, and then we have ice cream. You know, and that's what we do on Sundays. Right. And it's good for us, too, because it, it retrains our brains. Like, oh, you know, you, it's, it doesn't have to be all about deprivation and this kind of constant back and forth of what you can and can't have. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's, first of all, I'm extremely grateful for your close listening of our episode. Yeah, seriously. Um, and also, I, I, I'm just curious, like, so you say, like, okay, Sundays are the treat day. It's like, what are you doing the other six days? What are you feeding yeah, your child? Um, I'm giving him like almond butter sandwich with honey on it, but it's on a whole grain bread. And I'm giving him, um, we don't eat meat, so he eats, like, baked tofu, which is out of a package that I buy at Trader Joe's that I just literally chop up and put in his lunchbox. And I've been feeding him that since he was two. And um, those are his two favorite things. Grilled cheese, macaroni and cheese. Yeah. He does eat tuna mac. Um you know, but he's not a super healthy eater, and I'm just not going to stress about it. I mean, I'm, I'm giving him the healthiest version of things that appeal to him, basically. Mm-hmm. I find what he likes, and then I find the healthiest way to give it to him. And it's, it's you know, when he when he gets white bread in his mouth, he's like, it just, it, it throws him for a loop. Because he's like, this is, you know, you found those yeast rolls, those white kind of yeast rolls everybody has at Thanksgiving, um, recently on vacation and I just told him, okay, well you can have these on vacation. Every time we go on vacation, we'll find a grocery store and we'll buy you yeast. Rolls. <laughs> that's, a great, so, that's a great suggestion to find what they like and then try to do the healthiest version of what they like. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like mac and cheese is bad, but you're right. Like you could buy craft or you could buy Annie's. Although I think that they're the exact same thing, but yeah, no, I mean, as far as that goes, that's not gonna, you know, but, okay. but that's the point is if he's having, if he's having, well, I don't know. Does the other one still have that colored dye stuff in it? I'm not sure. Annie's. I no, no, not Annie. Annie's doesn't. Oh, crap. So right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Probably. probably. I just well, don't I, think it's, I have you know, some in my, in my pantry. I'm going to check. 
Okay. <laughs> but I feel like kids, you know, we, we did all right. You know, we grew up on yeah. like, my husband's brother. Apparently he ate nothing but peanut butter for the first, you know, 10 years of his life. And it's fine. It's fine. They're going to be fine. So my husband, and we've talked about this on the show briefly, but he is like the, in terms of the eating, the worst of my two children, three children, <laughs> I guess, because he's, I'm counting him as a child. Like he also doesn't like vegetables. He shoves them aside. I have to hide them in his mac and cheese as well. And so I feel like as like an example set her, he's like, he's messing it up. He's not helping the situation. And I love him. And so I know when he listens to this, he's going to be like, I, I eat broccoli. But <laughs> how do I, like, what's a good meal that everybody, and we are the, like, I'm going off on a tangent. Like, I don't eat dairy. He doesn't eat meat. My husband, my kids don't eat basically anything. So it's so hard to like come up with an idea of here's what I'm going to cook tonight. And it's like, you always, as a parent, you're like, I'm only making one thing for everybody. And that never, there's not one night in our house where that happens. I'm, I'm back. I'm back. I, this is the first time in my entire life. I can't find a damn macaroni and cheese in the pantry. Oh. Um, but I did find some yogurt raisins that I'm now eating. So they're, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, going to say it's the same in our house too that um mike is a vegetarian i am not a vegetarian i recently uh learned that i have super high cholesterol which i've never had before in my life um my daughter won't eat any meat i'm trying to do this sort of low cholesterol thing so we're all sort of we all have different agendas when it comes to the meal um and I find that myth about you make one thing and everybody has to eat it like total yeah. bullshit and unrealistic. And it just makes me feel like, okay, there's one more thing I can't do. Right. Which, you know, screw that. I mean, I, I just don't think that's worth, you know, putting, putting on yourself. But the pizza thing is actually yeah. a really good option for you guys, for both of you, because you can get vegan cheese and you can get your own crust and you can make them at home and everybody can put whatever toppings they want on them. And the kids can just have sauce and cheese if they'll even eat the sauce. That's a good you know? idea. I, I recently bought some weird flax-ridden flatbread pizzas. Um, nobody liked them in my house. But that, maybe I was, like, trying to, like, <laughs> I went too far. Yeah. I have celiac, so I have figured out how to get these yeah. Udi's, the Udi's gluten-free crust. You brush the edge. I had to buy a brush on Amazon <laughs> and you brush the edge with olive oil and um, then you put on your toppings and whatever and put it in the oven for like 12 minutes at 415. I know that's very precise, but I've got this down at this point. This is like one of two or three recipes that I know anything about. But um, and then you bake it for the 12 minutes and then you put it on broil for another, like, three to four minutes, and it gets kind of a crunchy, thin crust sort of a thing to it. So it doesn't have that weird kind yeah. of gluten-free, gummy kind of thing. Um, so that's an option, too. And it's thin, so it's not like you had this thick, heavy, that's super it. bread. Okay. What's your take on um, on whole wheat pastas, Sarah? Well, if, if you're okay. good with wheat, that's great. Uh, 
Yeah, the kids I, it, I, I, there's, there, I have one go-to recipe that I've mentioned on the show before. It's the, like the only thing I make consistently that is like not out of a box. And it's like this spinach um, with nutritional yeast pesto. And, uh, and I make it with whole wheat pasta. Yeah. And it's like this green, very like potent sauce that Iris loves. And it, I feel yeah. like it's the only meal that all three of us will all eat. Yeah, yes. that sounds it's great. It's a dairy-free dish. I found it when I was when Iris was um, a baby. They told me that I couldn't eat soy or dairy because she had traces of blood in her poop because um, I was nursing her. But then, like, even after I cut all that stuff out, she still did. So I feel like babies just have that. Like those first yeah. few months are such a mess. It's just whatever you can do to survive. <laughs> yeah, I think. Fortunately, that's when you want to just be eating garbage. Nursing all the time. Yeah. I just want to eat the crap. You know, there's an awesome also uh, banana, flourless banana muffin recipe that my son basically lived on for about a year and a half. Um, that is just bananas and yogurt, and you could probably use a soy yogurt um, and hmm. oatmeal. And it's really simple, really fast. And I would make like three dozen of them and just freeze them individually. Really, like you're, you're. What I'm taking away from you is like you just gotta do whatever you can do, the best you can do, and maybe hiding some stuff here and there <laughs> in things that seem like they should be tasting better. Yeah, and you kind of nudge them like just centimeter at a time towards various things. You like pick one tomato sauce, you know, or pick whatever it is and just nudge at them and kind of poke at them very subtly when they don't even know what's happening for as many months as it takes until they will at least put it in their mouth. I do. I just feel like forcing things down their throats only makes them recoil. So even if they actually liked it, they won't tell you that. No cookie butter. Not going to eat it. You know, what what about that, that that whole thing about how when I was young, it was like, you know, clean your plate, make happy plate. But like, now I hear that like that's totally the wrong thing to do, and if your kid doesn't want to eat dinner and doesn't take a bite, you're not supposed to say eat another bite, eat three more bites, blah 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 blah. Um, what's your take on that? Great. You know, I I I I do I don't do the clean your plate thing, but I do say to my son at this at this point, but I will qualify that at this point, he's now like I said almost five, and I don't know that this would have worked a couple of years ago, but I do say to him now. Um, you know, we're going to turn off the TV. It's time for your books and we're going to go have your snack. So it's time, it's time for your snacks, but we're not going to have our snacks until you eat three bites of apple off of your plate. So he knows, but that's so built into his routine that the thought of not having that at night is just unacceptable to him. And he knows he likes the apples anyway. He just doesn't want to eat them. So I do, I do negotiate a little bit on like two bites, three bites, um, but only to get something in him. I don't try to, you know, give him a giant plate okay. and say, clean your plate. But So in, with thinking about that, like, Steph and I are always talking about this, that and maybe we are, well, not maybe we're both Jewish. We are both Jewish. and But maybe that's where this some of this stems from. Like, we're, like, I'm always worried that they're going to starve to death. <laughs> and so I'll just, like, give them cookies, <laughs> like, at the end of the night. Like, you didn't even eat any dinner. You should eat a cookie at least because you're... I don't know. I'm worried you're going to die, <laughs> which is absurd. I know. But I, I like if they don't eat, do you just assume, well, then they're just not hungry. 
yeah. I mean, I'm not going to make him a second dinner or anything like that if he if he won't eat it. We haven't had a lot of that where he'll just okay. not eat anything. Because I'm putting something, I'm always putting something in front of him that I know he loves. I mean, I, always. Even if he's having an almond butter sandwich yeah, every night I was, for a week. I mean, I, maybe it's just because they're two, Abby, and they're just easily distracted. Yeah. But Iris is the same way. You know, she'll, like, not eat. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? How could you not eat? Like, that is so far from my realm of of conception that, like, I would put a plate of pasta in front of her face and she would have three bites and be done. I'm like, what? (laughs) Um, Yeah. But I guess their bellies are just little and they eat what they need to eat. Yeah, you got to trust their bodies. And you guys are in the thick of it. I mean, the twos, the twos and the threes. It's just a beast. So I think you just you got to get by and, and let them let them kind of lead the way on, on what they're willing. But it's to not do. like well, let me give them exit. So my, my sister has a really picky eater at for, and he is eleven now, and I haven't seen him in maybe since last summer. Um, so I don't think he's still drinking in shore shakes, but he might be. Like he's. It was like, he was like, I'm not eating anything. And her doctor said, well, then you need to have him drink these Ensure shakes. So is that approach a good one? I mean, to say like, well, if you're not going to eat real food, just like drink a protein shake. Because that seems so backwards to me. Well, I mean, ultimately, you know, from a dietary standpoint, it is. But... I I can totally see where that doctor was coming from, and by the time your kid's eleven, they're pretty, you know, they're 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 dug in at that point. So you know, I, I don't know. That yeah. sounds reasonable to me. When does that, that when does that digging in like happen? I mean, when when do we need to, you know, like at what point is that place you hit where your kid is like your kid is a picky eater or your kid is willing to try new things? Like when does that happen? Well, you know, I'm I'm no child <laughs> psychologist, so I I can't explain <laughs> that. But I do think it's something that develops over time. Like, I definitely did not do the, you know, when my son was one and two, I didn't, I didn't repeatedly, repeatedly, like, they, they, what do they say, 30 times, put something in front of your kid? And it's, it's just, and it's like, who does that? You're like, throwing away so much food. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that is just, like, totally not, not Jewish law. There's no way. No. Every day. You throw away more and more food. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think, I think, I I just think you do as much as you can. Like it's incremental. And I do think that it, the younger they are when they develop these taste buds, like my son will never, I don't think, knock on wood, say I hate whole wheat bread because he's been eating it since, you know, he started eating whole food. So, you know, it just, he didn't know anything different. So the sooner you can get things in their mouths that they don't know any different, like the lentil pasta, you know, then you can give them that for the rest of their lives and you'll know that they're getting what, what they need. Um, so, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're, we're, so we're in different, pl- I don't know if you guys know this, Abby was talking about technology, but we're literally all in our homes. Like Abby's at her house, I'm in my house, and Sarah is in, where are you, Sarah? You're in another state. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah I'm, in, I'm in Nashville. So this is amazing, guys. But anyway, I can't see Abby's face, and so I'm having trouble reading when it's time for me to talk. Uh, oh, that's okay. <laughs> but I was going to ask you, like, are there any online resources you would recommend to people? Um, obviously, your book is something that uh, that I'm excited to read. 
Um, is there anything else like, uh, I'm getting so bored with what I give my kid. I need ideas. I can go to blah, blah, blah. Oh, there's a great one. Crap. Well, we're on here. I'm going to look and see if I can find it. And definitely like, I know we don't want to keep you forever, but we would just, we would love to hear about your book and for like moms and dads too. Cause we are those people. Well, yeah. And the book is written for, you know, 18 and up. Right. It's not about kids really. Um, but um, the book is is really it's sort of an irreverent fitness memoir about how my clients and I got you know stronger and healthier by doing what lights us up rather than what beats us up. Um, so I came from really disordered eating, very similar to what it sounds like the story that that you all have. I think we're right about the same age too, um, and. Uh, just really was a wreck and was living in New York city and feeling really beat down. And I turned to food and, you know, was binging in secret and, you know, bodegas and pizza parlors on the corner and just really finding that the, that, that, that gave me some kind of peace that wasn't making me happy during the day, but in the actual moment of it, it made me really calm. And, um, it was just a really unhealthy pattern. And so I started to look at, try to look at my life and see what else was I, what else could I do? What else was I doing that gave me a similar kind of sensation, that kind of calm. And I, it was really simple. I found that just going to central park and wandering around and looking at, you know, the light coming through the trees and just like just walking, not for fitness, not for weight loss, but just to be in the fresh air, um, did that for me. So I thought, okay, well, screw it. I'm moving to California. So I moved to California and then there decided to become, I wanted to be a personal trainer for people who were also a wreck. And I decided that I could do that while I was still a wreck. <laughs> so I um, did that for a solid decade of being a real mess myself with food and kind of playing this game and sort of bouncing back and forth between really, you know, trying the next diet or scheme or whatever came across my path and then just saying, forget it and walking away from it all and trying to make peace with that and just bouncing back and forth. Um, and just learned so much by, by hearing the stories and being really intimately involved with my clients and really together over, over time and eventually moved to Nashville, um, found, found a really different alternative way to, to approach this stuff so that it's not about deprivation and limitation. So it's about more about like exploration. Wow. Play. That yeah. sounds incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think like. I mean, just remembering, like, after having the boys, the the deprivation was, like, in full, like, that idea that you have to lose the baby weight by X date puts you in this tailspin of trying to do that, and it's not, I, I mean, unless you do it very healthy, which, but to lose, like, a ton of weight in, like, four months or whatever you think you're going to do, I don't know. It sounds like the antithesis of what, what you are trying, the message you're trying to share. So what do, what, like, what advice perhaps can you give to new moms who are like, I gotta lose the baby weight, so I'm just gonna starve myself, which is bad for you and bad for the baby, obviously. Yeah, well, I think the thing is to think about what can I do to feed myself and to feed my baby in the way that I would want my baby to be fed. So you would want to, rather than trying to stop doing X, Y, Z, you try to start 
adding, making sure you have a whole fruit or vegetable in every meal. Or, you know, rather than worrying about trying to stop doing all the things that you hate that you're doing, really try building in other things. And it's astonishing what a difference that makes and how quickly little shifts that you don't expect will have just really strong ripple effects throughout the day that you didn't even think about or try to do. Did you you feel, Abby, after you had the boys, did you feel like a compulsive need to lose that weight? Yes. And I had like a wedding to go to and it was like a date I had set for myself. Like I was like, I'm going to lose and I'm going to show up there and I'm going to look great. Um, and it was miserable. Like it was, and I'm sure, and I couldn't breastfeed very well. And I am, I would put money down that a lot of it was because I was not eating properly. Oh, bad. Yeah. It's like so upsetting. (laughs) It's yeah. sad, but it's typical. I, I feel like I went the other direction. Like, I feel like when, you know, I spent a lot of my 20s really caring about what I was eating and what I looked like physically. And then, I don't know, after I had Iris and, and we just had so much stuff going on, I just haven't put, like, any thought into it. And I and I, and I feel like it's, like, it's a health issue at this point. Like, I don't really, I haven't put as much stock into what I look like on the you know, superficially, but like now that I got this blood work back and it was like, you're not healthy inside of your body. It's like the first time that I'm like, Oh shit, I need to stop like not giving a shit and, and do something proactive about this. Yeah. But what about being so busy? I mean, you just touched on it, stuff like that's half the reason you're not Right. Caring. If you have so much other stuff going on, like how does a busy, busy person with kids and a job and a household and whatever manage some of these changes that you're suggesting? Well, I think is the the, the thing that people are trying to do all the things all at once and that's not going to work. So it all falls apart and it all feels like a failure and we say, screw it. Um, so I think the thing is just like we were talking about doing with the kids to inch yourself forward a little bit at a time. So if it's like, I'm going to eat an extra piece of fruit every day and you just do that until that starts to feel natural and it starts to feel good. And then when that's not a struggle anymore, then you go, okay, well, I'm going to walk 15 minutes at lunchtime every day. You add that in and it starts to, it, it reverberates. It really does. And it starts to change the way. And then when you're walking, you get an idea and you go, oh, well, hey, well, maybe I should. Oh, yeah. So-and-so mentioned that banana muffin recipe. I'm going to look that up and make those for the, you know, so it, it, it grows. And it's when you're, it's, it's too, it's when you're trying to leap too far, too fast that everything falls yes. apart. And there's always uh, 10 minutes is, to do something. This is my, you know, yes, one, this is exactly. I wrote an entire book on the 15 minute principle that you can see. You did? <laughs> um, I'm actually, yeah, I'm working on that right now. But like, it was basically like somebody gave me the advice that every day, if you have, if you take 15 minutes and you think of 15 minutes being a brick, um, then by the end of the week, you'll have like seven bricks that are stacked. And then if you keep doing that, then eventually you'll have this structure that you can't like sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write a book right now in one week. But, like, if you put 15 minutes into it every day, by a year, you'll get there. Yeah. 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 And there's also, there's a concept in my book about about sort of wellness infrastructure where, like, have you seen those uh, things, those, like, like giant ball pod things that people kind of roll around in outside in the country? <laughs> Do you know what I'm I talking do. about? 
So if you imagine being in one of those and that's kind of your life, then if you had these kind of steel bars at the center of them that you could hold on to to keep you from falling and breaking your neck, um, I like to think of having three or four of those things that you can kind of, when the shit really hits the fan, you can kind of always, always know that, you know, whatever it is, getting outside and walking around the block or, you know, sitting, laying down on the floor with your dog or whatever it is going to, is going to just calm you and bring you back to yourself. And then you have another level of that infrastructure that's more, you know, ambitious, but you have those three or four things that, you know, always give you that peace and always make you feel stronger and more balanced that those things, and those things can be done in 15 minute increments. And I Um, love the focus on wellness, you know? Yeah. I mean, the focus on, on sort of shrinking ourselves is just so incredibly backwards. Um, I'm sorry. You know, we're, we're I just think like metaphorically, it's it even sounds backwards. No, no, yeah. So, so it's just it's and and it's it's my hope that we are that that this generation and I see it a lot in sort of the millennials. Like, there's this kind of Lena Dunham sort of like you know, screw it, I am who I am. Like, I I'm about my intellect and my creativity, and I'm not about being as small as you think I should be. You know, so I feel like there's this sort of tidal shift starting to happen and that it really is possible that our little ones, when they get old enough, don't have to go into adulthood with this kind of battle waging a war in their heads, you know, so that they can be free to say, oh, well, that's kind of healthy and and I like it, too. So I think I'll do more of that. Yeah, I hope so. I do. I hope so, too. It's not fun. Um, So to close up because we've taken your time but you had a a website to direct us to I think you were saying yes yes so um first of all my website is strengthoutsidein.com and there's um five minute workouts there um on my youtube channel that are really just they're super mellow they're just about five minutes of strengthening a little bit every day um, and then there's a newsletter and all kinds of stuff with tips and all, all sorts of things in there. So you will find more of these kinds of websites. But the one that I was looking for here is called 100 Days of Real Food. And actually, I hate anything that puts any kind of day number <laughs> on it. But this particular article is called 85 Snack Ideas for Kids and Adults. And it's on 100 okay. Days of Real Food. And he does a good job of kind of you know, finding some quick and easy things that, that you can take, but, but anything that limits anything to any particular number of days to me is not particularly realistic. So it's more of a take this and use it where you can. Awesome. Awesome. Um, we'll definitely find that and post it up on our Facebook page. And, um, the name of your book is lightness of body and mind and people can find it anywhere, right? Yep. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. There's an audio book. Um, this is awesome. I feel like I can conquer something. Um, I think that we, we lost Steph, but that's okay. Um, because I think we're winding up. She just texted me and said, she is so glad that she had this conversation with you. She's like now walking somewhere. No, no, that's not true. (laughs) But Sarah, this was so awesome. And I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. And thank you guys for having me. I have a, I officially have a new Yay! podcast to listen to, so yeah, I'm excited about that's that. Awesome. Okay, well, for hands off parents, this is Abby, and I'm doing a hand puppet of Steph, 
And um, thanks for listening. You can email us. And if people have questions, maybe, and they email us, I perhaps can forward them on to you or send them to your website and you. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You can follow Hands Off Parents on Twitter at Hands Off Parents, or you can always send us an email at handsoffparents at gmail.com. Or if you look on Facebook, if you're into that thing, you can find us there as well. Hands Off Parents is Steph and Abby. Mail Camp.